1: What is up, everybody? Thanks for joining us on The Daily Drive. I'm Mike Bro, and I get the privilege of hanging with you Monday through Friday, and I am so grateful that you want to pursue God. Thanks for making these few minutes just a part of the regular rhythm of your day. And we are walking through the Gospel of John together, and we hit pause in the middle of chapter 4 yesterday. So let's just pick up this amazing story. Jesus is sitting by a well in Samaria on the outskirts of a town called Sychar. It's the hottest part of the day. And a woman comes to draw water, which is highly unusual because most came at sunrise or sundown in the cool of the day. And they often came together. It was kind of a community gathering watering spot. So this woman is obviously trying to avoid the crowds. She just wants to get in and out as quickly as possible. But there's this guy sitting there, and she can tell. He's a Jewish man, not a local Samaritan. And he engages her by asking for a drink of water. So let me read verse 9 again. It says, The woman was surprised. For Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And I think that Jesus smiles and says, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Now, remember, this is a woman with a reputation. So I think probably a little jaded, a little cynical. She's been talked about. She's been hurt. She's been used. So she has to be a little hardened. And I don't know, maybe she's thinking, wow, living water, that's a new one. I thought I'd heard all the bad pickup lines before, but living water, that's original, but she plays along. She says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, and this well is very deep. Where are you going to get this quote-unquote living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water? than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed. You, you, you You think you're better than Jacob? He's a patriarch of the faith. He was really, really close to God. You must be really something to produce this living water. I believe Jesus smiles again when he says, well, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Again, I'm just imagining, with a little bit of sarcastic tone, the woman replies "says well, that's just great. Please, sir, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, I won't have to keep coming here at noon to get my water. And as she spins on her heels to leave, this total stranger says to her, excuse me, why don't you go get your husband and come back? Stops her dead in her tracks. A lump forms in her throat. She turns to him and says, I have no husband. Jesus says to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you've said is is quite true. Can you imagine this moment? Everything she was trying to conceal, Jesus reveals he already knew, and he cared deeply about her. Here's the deal. She is why he had to go through Samaria. God loved this woman with a past so much, that he goes looking specifically for her. It's like that story that Jesus tells about a shepherd with a hundred sheep who leaves the 99 and goes out of his way just to find the lost one. He pursues you and me like we are that priceless one. I may have told you before about a guy who was baptized a couple of years ago one of our churches in Southern California. He was a former Hell's Angels member. And many of them have a one-percenter tattoo. Uh, somewhere on their body, to boast about their lawlessness, like we're the 1% that don't care about anything that's law- lawful. And he had one of those tattoos on his arm. He was standing there in the water, and he pointed to his tattoo. He said, this is so cool. I've been hearing about how Jesus left the 99 and and went after the 1. He chased me down. Now this 1% means something totally different to me. And gang, he pursues us all that way, personally, specifically, intimately, in spite of our past. And not only does he pursue you and me, but Jesus also knows our deepest thirst. I love how he knows and goes right to the deepest places of her life, goes right to the place of her pain, right to the place of her humiliation, the place of her shame, the place of her hiding, the place of her longing. And Jesus doesn't need a rope, doesn't need a bucket to get deep. He's already there. He already knows. And only he can fill her deepest thirst. Look again at verse 13 and 14. Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now, Jesus, of course, was talking so much more than H2O here. He knew what she was really thirsty for, and he knew how she was trying to quench that thirst. And haven't you found that all of our surface attempts to fill our deepest needs only last a little while, and soon we become thirsty again. It's why we try to fill our pain with substance abuse. It's why we try to fill our insecurities with body image stuff. It's why we run to pornography to fill a deeper need for intimacy. It's why we strive to overperform and overachieve at work or or school or on the field or on the court to fill our deeper need that elusive attaboy, that attagirl. It's why we fill our closets and spend money on more stuff to fill that deeper need of craving approval. It's It's why we power up on people and lash out in fits of anger to fill that deeper need we have for significance. It's why we chase relationship after relationship to fill up our deeper need to be loved with an unfailing love. And gang, those things never last. They can't go deep. They're shallow and temporary and will only leave us thirsty again. I love what God says over in Jeremiah, the Old Testament book, chapter 2, verse 13. He says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me. The spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. I grew up in central Kentucky, and I can remember an old song that I learned like way, way back in third grade, uh, like music class. You know how there's some songs you learn as a kid that you never, ever forget? The song was this. There's a hole in my bucket, my bucket, my bucket. There's a hole in my bucket, dear Liza, a hole. Anybody else ever sing that song? Okay, maybe it's just a Kentucky thing. But I'm so grateful for the day that I discovered there's a hole in my bucket. I had dug all kinds of broken cisterns that couldn't hold water. Oh, they could hold enough to give me a little sip and a little quick fix, but never enough to wash over me and quench my deepest thirst. Gang, Jesus knows our deepest thirst. And not only does he know it, but he promises that if we will come to him daily to meet our needs we'll never be thirsty again he's the spring he's the source of living water while this woman was wondering how jesus could get to the deep place of jacob's well without a rope and a bucket he was reaching deep into the well of her soul and i believe he could see her desperate thirst to be loved with the kind of love that doesn't run dry the kind that only he can offer And he wants to offer it to you today. Let him go deep. See you back tomorrow.
0: Thanks for tuning in today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our Church Online live weekend services on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. Also, if this podcast was helpful to you, would you be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast to help get the word out? For more information about all digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church slash daily drive.